It's time for Blessed to Play on EWTN Radio, uncovering the role that faith plays in the lives of sports professionals from around the country. And now, here's your host, Ron Meyer. Fire score! My guest today is Grace Estabrook. She was a swimmer at the University of Pennsylvania for the Quakers, did quite well there. Breaststroke, also uh, did a medley as well and uh, had a... A good four years of swimming out of Carmel, Indiana, where she honed her talents in the pool. I'd like to welcome Grace Estabrook to Blessed to Play. Grace, welcome. Thank you so much, Ron. I'm so excited to be here. Now, I've had a lot of swimmers on this show, uh, you know, more than eight, I would say, and they all talk about the dedication you need, especially at the collegiate level, because you're getting up early in the morning, you're getting into the pool, but this started early on for you. I know you swam quite well in high school, but just talk about when you decided to, you know, take up swimming and to really go with it. Yeah. Um, so I started swimming competitively, um, for Carmel Swim Club when I was seven years old. Um, and my club is, um, yeah, very, very competitive. Uh, we have a very rigorous, um, training program and just, um, you know, uh, great coaches. And yeah, I, I decided to swim in college when I was a junior in high school, I would say that's when it really, um, kind of the decision was cemented, uh, in my mind that I was going to pursue swimming in college. Um, I was never, I was never, you know, great growing up. And then in high school, um, just started to get better through the help of my coaches, uh, dropped some, some time and then was, um, you know, had, had times that, would uh, make me able to be able to swim at the division one level in college. Um, and yeah, that's, that's kind of the, the background of how I, how I ended up swimming. Yeah. Let's back up a little bit. Well, at Carmel high school, you were the captain of the swim team. You were a three time state and national champion, a two time individual state champion in 200 medley relay and a three time scholastic all American. So obviously you were smart and you had great athletic ability with swimming so why the University of Pennsylvania out of all the schools? Yeah, so um, I, I was looking at a couple of different schools when I was recruiting. I, I really wanted to choose a program that was known for, um, for excellence in, you know, in swimming and in their athletic program, but also excellence um, in the academic uh, level as well. And Penn really just checked a lot of the boxes for me. Um, it's, yeah, it's an Ivy league school. Um, they have a, a great, um, longstanding swim program. I think it's actually, um, like the first collegiate level swimming program in the country. Um, and my coach has been the head coach for over 25 years. They needed a breaststroker right at the time when I was getting recruited. And so it really just, just checked a lot of the boxes for me. So you jumped right into the pool, so to speak, in 2018-19 in the Ivy League Championships qualifier in the 200 uh, medley and then uh, the 100 breast and 200 breast and completed, competed in seven of Penn's eight regular season meets. So talk about that transition coming from your club team, uh, swimming in high school, and now jumping into a Division One program and doing quite well your initial year there. Yeah, so um, I think my club team really prepared me really well to swim 
at the division one level in college. Um, my club team is actually, uh, like I said, it's, it's nationally recognized. I think they're, um, at one point they were the fourth best swim club in America and my high school team as well is also nationally recognized at, at this point they've won um, Indiana high school state for 37 years in a row. And I had two teammates from high school who um, actually went to the Olympics for the U S in 2020. Um, so, you know, I, I was really well prepared to transition and swim in college and I'm extremely grateful for um, Carmel swim club and for my, my, my upbringing in swimming um, in preparing me to to swim at the collegiate level. The uh, competition amongst Ivy League schools, the, uh, I know there's got to be some schools that you have, a, a you know, it's an intense rivalry, so to speak, but Harvard, Brown, Princeton, Yale, Columbia, and so on and so forth. What was the one school that you got extra up for to swim against? Yeah, definitely Princeton. <laughs> um, yeah, they were, um, they were our rival, I would say. Uh, I don't think that they would say that, you know, Penn was their rival, but we always, um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> got, got really uh, up and ready to take on Princeton. And I would say Columbia there as well, just because they are the closest. Um, well, I guess Princeton is, is uh, the closest to us, but they're the second closest to us in terms of distance. So those two, we would always um, get really excited before our dual meets for, for those two schools. Yeah, most of the Ivy League schools are all clustered together within, you know, uh, two, one or two hours, up to three hours in Northeast and, and New England as well. Blessed to play Ron Meyer. We're chatting today with Grace Estabrook, and she swam competitively for four years at the University of Pennsylvania for the Quakers. And I want to talk about the dedication to be a Division One swimmer. You know, I talked about it earlier about those early mornings uh, hopping in the pool. I'm sure there's times that you didn't want to go hop in the pool, but... Uh, it's really a year-round training type of a sport, and you don't get much of a rest. Maybe you could expound on that. Yeah, that's definitely true. Um, yeah, I think even just taking like a week out of the pool, and, and you definitely feel out of shape when you get back into it. So you really have to be um, on your game and just at practice. You know, every single practice that's um, that's on your schedule. And yeah, it, I would say, um, you know, I was swimming probably 45 to 50 weeks out of the whole year. We, we hardly ever, um, you know, took breaks or took extended breaks, um, at that. So, um, yeah, it, it was, uh, you know, grueling, but I loved it. And, um, yeah, we're, we're getting up early. I was getting up in the fours and 5 a.m. Um, multiple times a week and, you know, uh, just going, going to the pool, going to the weight room, um, training every single night as well. Training on Saturdays. We had one day off a week. Um, yeah, you're just swimming through life. You know, you're just, you're swimming, uh, constantly. You're just, you're in the pool constantly. I think I was probably wet more than I was dry <laughs> when I was, when I was swimming. So, um, yeah, but I loved it. Well, I know the COVID year of 2021 was difficult for any athlete, but uh, during this year, you really had no meets and it was it was canceled. So um, as a Division One athlete, how did you make the best of it and how tough of it was it a year not to compete as a swimmer? Yeah, that's, that's a great question. Um, this is a very interesting and, you know, unconventional year for me. I know it was an unconventional year for everyone, but I had actually... Um, just struggled a lot with uh, 
my mental health and performance anxiety and just a couple of different things um, throughout throughout my career as a swimmer, but particularly once I got to college, I think just um, there's a lot of, of stress and pressure at any Ivy League institution, but Penn in particular is just known for um, a real culture of, of competitiveness and uh, it's very pre-professional. And so I think this, this kind of, yeah, really just got to me. And I had actually decided um, once COVID hit to um, to quit the the team, quit the swim team. And, you know, there really wasn't anything to quit from because the Ivy League was one of the only conferences in the country, maybe the only one that um, had decided to cancel their their season for, for all of their sports. Um, and I just saw this as, as kind of an out from, from this, an easy out from the sport. And, um, and I took it. And so I actually took like a year and a half off of swimming altogether, um, before deciding to actually come back and rejoin the team for my senior year. So, um, you know, I, I only competed for three years, but there was only, there was only three years really to compete, um, anyways, mm-hmm. during my four years at Penn. Um, but yeah, that's, that's a little bit more on my my story. Yeah, three competitive seasons. And we're going to talk about how faith played a, a role in all this and and overcoming some of these obstacles. Blessed to play Ron Meyer chatting once again with Grace Estabrook. She swam for the University of Pennsylvania for the Quakers in the Ivy League. And Grace, uh, controversy followed the team, not necessarily you, uh, at the University of Connecticut. I don't think you were looking to get into any controversy, but... Uh, one of your teammates was the former Will Thomas, a transgender athlete now named Leah Thomas, who was the first transgender athlete, I believe, at least in swimming to women, win a national championship in the 500-yard freestyle. And a number, a number of your teammates have talked about this openly. In fact, Paul Scanlon uh, testified before the House Judiciary Committee on some of the things that went on having a transgender athlete and locker room sharing and all that I want you to talk about whatever you feel comfortable talking about, but what I'm interested to know, what was the morale of the team? Even though Leah's success helped the team out collectively, what was the morale of the University of Connecticut swim team during this whole transgender controversy? Yeah, um, yeah. so I think there was a really like mixed effect in terms of morale um, in response to having Leah swim with us on my team. So there were definitely some girls who were really, really hurting, um, who, you know, their, their relay spot had been, had been taken, um, their spot on our, our Ivy league team, you know, our, our conference team at the end of the season that was taken, um, from them and yeah, just, you know, um, the whole, um, issue of having a biological male, uh, with us in the locker room, that was that was definitely um, a struggle and a cross that, that many of us were bearing. And, you know, there were also some, some girls who were totally fine with it, um, thought that it was fair, who didn't really see a problem with it. And I would say the majority of girls um, probably thought that it was unfair, but didn't really want to speak up or show too much emotion on the issue. Um, And so they just kind of, just kind of stayed silent and, um, yeah, suffered in silence and it it did make for a very hard season for us. Um, just on top of 
of everything with Leah. Uh, we had two coaches for a 70 person team. So at Penn, it's a combined program, men's and women's, uh, swim teams practice together. We, we go to meet together. Um, and so we only had two coaches for, for all 70 of us. And I think just the, the constant media coverage of our team and just, you know, like just extreme, um, kind of scrutiny, like we were just always under the spotlight. Um, that made it very difficult for, for me and my teammates, um, as well as, uh, just the total lack of support from the Penn administration. Um, just a lot of things going against us, uh, my senior year there. And I, I had really tried to, um, just be a compassionate listening ear to anyone who needed to talk and just freely be able to express their, um, their emotions. Um, and especially if their emotions didn't line up with the message that the university and that the Ivy league were, were pushing for us. All right, let's take a break. We're going to find out what Grace Estabrook is doing now on the campus of Mount St. Mary's in Emmitsburg, Maryland, when blessed to play returns after this. O Lord, you see how everywhere the winds have burst forth and the sea is convulsed with the great violence of the rising waves. Command, we beseech you, you who alone are able, both the winds and the sea. Restore to mankind the true peace of your name, that peace which the world cannot give, and the calm of social harmony. Under your favor and inspiration, May man return to do order, and having overthrown the rule of greed, bring back again as ought to be the love of God, justice, charity toward neighbor, temperance in all desires. May your kingdom come. May all recognize that they are subject to you and must serve you who are truth and salvation, that without you they labor in vain. In your law is reason and fatherly kindness. You are ever at hand with your strength and your copious power to help man to keep it. Life upon earth is a warfare, but you watch the contest and aid man to conquer. The weak you sustain, the victor you crown. Amen. Welcome back to Blessed to Play. Ron Meyer joined today by Grace Estabrook. And if you listen to the first half of the program, you know that she's a darn good swimmer. In fact, she swam competitively three seasons at Penn. Uh, one year was wiped out because of COVID and primarily uh, in the breaststroke, uh, did a medley as well. Had some good times uh, in her uh, breaststrokes and uh, also qualified for the Ivy League championships on a number of occasions. And Grace, we talked about your athletic talent the first half of the show, but I know your faith as a Catholic has a lot to do with you being on this show and why uh, you'd like to talk about it. So talk about faith in general and how it assisted you uh, as a swimmer at the University of Connecticut. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's it's really interesting because I, I grew up um, Protestant. I was Presbyterian. Um, and, you know, I kind of just had always had a, a pretty lukewarm face growing up, always 
always struggle with the question of, is God even real? Um, and I really wanted to, um, I think part of me wanted to, to bring this into college. Um, but another part of me, uh, just wasn't so convicted about my faith. And so it kind of was one of the first things to go, um, in the first couple of years, um, at Penn. And it was actually during my, uh, my junior year. So the year that I had, um, decided to quit the team that I had more free time, um, and just freedom in my, in my schedule and also a desire to, um, kind of branch out and meet some new people that, that weren't just on my swim team. Um, that I ended up meeting a focus missionary at Penn, um, actually through Paula, who you'd mentioned earlier, Paula was the one who introduced me to, uh, Molly, this focus missionary. And, um, from there, I just, yeah, we became really good friends. I attended a national Catholic conference called speak and really just started to ask, um, more questions about the Catholic faith. Um, I, I discovered, uh, yeah, the Eucharist and the real presence of Jesus in the Eucharist. And I was just sold. <laughs> I, I, I just was just fell in love with the Catholic faith. So I decided to convert my senior year of college um, at the same time while I decided to come back to the swim team because I really felt like God was um, asking me to rejoin the team in order to um, to bring him uh, with me there to that place. And so faith was just what totally rooted my uh, my last year as a swimmer. And, um, yeah, just, just kept me grounded and it made it my, my best season as an athlete of my whole life. Um, but also it was just the best experience of my, my, um, my whole swimming career because, um, I was doing it with, with God for the first time. Yeah. That's a interesting, uh, experience that you have and a different outlook perspective you had on life now, but you know, being at an Ivy League school, and uh, I'm not going to put all professors in this this one category, but there's a lot of secular ideological thought and different ways of thought that are probably not congruent with Christianity or Catholicism itself. Were you challenged in that manner, or was it difficult just to uh, subsist in that environment? Yeah, um, I I would say I would say so. Yeah, um, you know, in the classroom, that was definitely. Um, just a very prevalent issue. Um, I think honestly that, um, I needed that experience though, because I think that, um, just seeing the kind of the depravity in those other ideologies, um, really was what helped to fuel this fire for me to want something deeper and to think Mm -hmm. that there just has to be more than, than, than this, than mm-hmm. this, um, yeah, these, these ideologies, these messages, and just this lack of love that I'm seeing, um, in, you know, in the secular university setting. Um, and so I think that that was something that actually just helped to fuel my faith even more because, um, I just wanted to live, um, counterculturally. How about support? You mentioned, uh, perhaps Paula Scanlon, but were there other members of the team that, you could were Christians or even Catholic that would be a sense of spiritual support for you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, my, my best friend, uh, Monica is her name. She, um, she was the same grade as me. We swam, um, yeah, all four years together. And she, um, 
was always a practicing Catholic. Um, and yeah, was just a great, um, just friend and resting place and, um, just really helped to keep me grounded as well. So, um, you know, we just kind of took off running our senior year with our faith and, um, and with swimming and just, uh, yeah, loved, loved being able to do that together. I remember we would, we would pray in the locker room before practices together and, um, would just offer up our, our practices for our teammates and for our families and for anyone else who needed our prayers. And it was just so, it was such a blessing to have a teammate who, um, saw the world the same way as me and just was on fire for her faith and, um, yeah, wanted to live it out, um, in the pool as well. Now, Grace, when one graduates college, when you're young, uh, they want to find a good job that's uh, paying adequate, adequately. And uh, you decided to take a little bit non-traditional path. You're now on the campus of Mount St. Mary's, as I mentioned, in Emmitsburg, Maryland. But it's uh, it's not a corporate job. It's something totally different. Why don't you explain what you're doing on the campus? Yeah, so, um, so I'm a FOCUS missionary. FOCUS stands for the Fellowship of Catholic University Students. Um, and yeah, I mean, my, my life, my faith was, um, was totally just transformed through focus. And I decided, um, it, during my senior year that I wanted to do the same thing, um, the same gift that had been given to me. I wanted to be able to go and, and give that gift to others. So yeah, it's definitely not a corporate job. It's definitely not, um, you know, high paying. I fundraise my whole salary. Um, and, yeah, I uh, focus places you at a school where they think that you would be a good fit, and so they they placed me last year when I graduated here at Mount St. Mary's University in Emmitsburg, Maryland. Um, and yeah, the Mount is also uh, what we call it. Um, the Mount has, I think, it's forty percent of their student body are athletes, and so Focus saw a good fit for me here as a a former D one athlete. Um, so I primarily work with um, young women with female student athletes, uh, leading them in Bible studies, in, uh, mentorship groups, and just spending time with them, um, in order to really get to know them, get to know their hearts, um, and just grow more deeply together in our faith and, and run towards the Lord together. Now, do you find some of the issues that you found challenging? You, you talked about mental health issues and also those expectations put on a D1 athlete, from the coaching staff to outside influences to media. Do you, is that prevalent too on the campus or, or in other words, could the athletes relate to that at Mount St. Mary's? Yeah, I think, um, I think that growing mental health, um, you know, issues and, and concerns and things like that, that's definitely something that's growing um, in college athletics, just, you know, across the country, across the world. Um, and just the pressure that's, that's put on by, by teacher, but yeah, professors and, um, and coaches and everything. That's something that really every athlete has to, um, you know, kind of has to go through. Um, so I think that, that it's definitely brought me, um, it's allowed me to be compassionate, um, because I do understand the struggle. Um, and so seeing, girls in the same place that, that I was in, um, and just knowing what that experience is like has, um, has just allowed me to, yeah, to be compassionate with them and to really just try and, and show them the love that Jesus has for them. Um, 
yeah, in their in their struggles and in their experiences. Now, Grace, do you find time to hop in the pool and get a workout in when you're doing your work there at Mount St. Mary's? Yes, I do, actually. So I have access to their, their gym and their athletic facilities here for free, which is just such an incredible blessing. Um, and I, I would say I get in the pool about once a week. Um, I definitely don't do as much as I used to, but um, I have started doing this set where um, it takes me about, about 30 minutes, but I, I pray the rosary while I swim. And I just, I just love it because um, I can pray to our Blessed Mother and also swim and just, yeah, have the, um, you know, that, that feeling that I had of being a child um, and just having freedom with, with swimming and um, it just being really fun and a place where I can ju- just come back to and rest. Um, but also pray and, and um, yeah, have the Lord with me there too. Indeed. And I know during the Olympics, you know, obviously America is watching swimming. Swimming's you know, right at the forefront there in the, in the, out of all the uh, summer sports. What swimmer did you look up to as a, a young Grace Estabrook in the Olympics? Yeah, um, definitely. Uh, I, I have two, but first would be Katie Ledecky. She just mm-hmm. is incredible. One of the most um, you know, decorated athletes of all time. She's, she's also Catholic. Um, I remember reading somewhere that she would pray, um, Hail Mary's before she, before she competed and she just became really good from, from such a young age. Um, so she was one of them. The other was Lily King, who, um, is actually a breaststroker from Indiana. Um, she, yeah, she competed at the same, um, high school state championships that I did, um, when I was a freshman and she was a senior and, um, she, yeah, a fun fact is I actually got to swim next to her when I was a junior in high school, um, at IU, she went to, to Indiana university. Um, and so I definitely looked up to her as well, just, you know, cause she swam my event and she's from my home state. Well, good stuff. Well, Grace Estabrook has been our guest. She uh, did quite well in the pool folks swimming, for the better part of three competitive seasons at the University of Pennsylvania for the Quakers. And now she's on a different college campus at Mount St. Mary's, affecting the souls of collegiate athletes with her life experience and her faith. Grace, thanks so much. I do appreciate the time and for joining us today on Blessed to Play. Thank you so much, Ron. It was such an honor and pleasure to be here. Hey, Blessed to Play fans, check us out on the web at blessedtoplay.com. That's blessed, the number two play. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on the platform X, formerly known as Twitter, at Blessed to Play for Grace Estabrook. I'm Ron Meyer. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll catch you next time right here on Blessed to Play. You've been listening to Blessed to Play with host Ron Meyer on the EWTN Global Catholic Network. If you have a question or comment about today's show, feel free to email us at info at blessedtoplay.com. That's blessed, the number two, play.com. You can also connect with the show on the web at www.blessedtoplay.com. Again, that's blessed, the number two, play.com. Join us again next time for Blessed to Play on the EWTN Global Catholic Network.